You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Greetings from the West Coast. This week's podcast was taped at an evening conversation I moderated in Beverly Hills with freshman congresspeople Harley Ruda and Katie Porter, who were part of the exciting blue wave that took over Orange County in 2018. Harley Ruda was a successful businessman and father of four when he decided to run for Congress. His life was fine. He wasn't looking for trolls to spread lies about his life or a loss of privacy. He simply felt he had to run after Donald Trump became president. Today, I'm using the beautiful studios of Eleven Sound in Santa Monica. I thank them for their hospitality. We'll be right back with Harley Ruda. Congressman Ruda, you are a freshman Democrat. You have helped turn Orange County blue with actually the most exciting defeat of all, which is Dana Rohrbacher, who is, you know, not not a friend of most people. Um, Congratulations on that. Thank you. Can you ever, as a congressman, rest on your laurels? No, you can't. You have to keep fighting for the next day. And with this president, uh, the next day is always so important because uh, we have a president who is literally trampling the Constitution. And uh, we've gone from a 24-hour news cycle to a 24-minute news cycle with, the, with this president. Uh, so we got to keep fighting the good fight. That requires all of us to do that. Just because I'm in office, uh, that's just one position. I look at this as a team effort, mm-hmm. and we need the entire team to make sure that we do what's right. You know, sometimes I go to sleep when I can, thinking, I hope nothing big happens while I sleep. And I wake up and I think, oh no, I should have stayed up. We all feel like we have some kind of, I don't know, if we all press ourselves against the radio or the TV or the newspaper, we can have some impact on stopping the kind of treasonous, poisonous, hypocritical things that are going on there. And yet, what can we do? We should take satisfaction in what we have done and that we can continue to do this. And this is what I mean by that. When Trump was elected in 16, it was in January of 17 with the Women's March that showed all of us that we are not going to sit down for the next four years, that we are going to activate, we're going to engage, and we are going to fight back against these uh, ridiculous policies and conduct that we see this president pushing forward. And when you look at what happened because of that movement, because of that uh, uh, desire to get people truly engaged in making a difference in their communities, we took back the house. And we didn't just take it back, we, we crushed it. Uh, so we just have to continue to do that. We need to make sure we get the vote out. We need to make sure people stay uh, engaged in the process. And if we do that, I'm confident we will get an ethical president in office who has the character that the office deserves. And do you feel we can trust the election process the, with, with voter suppression, with the Russians already talking or boasting about how they're going to control what we do? How do we have faith in it? That's a great question. And the fact is we should be concerned. 
we have to look at this from a couple different angles. One is the voting apparatus. And generally speaking, the voting apparatus is secure around the United States. Uh, I serve on the oversight committee. We've had firsthand testimony uh, to that effect. That doesn't mean that hacking can't take place and that there won't be issues. But generally speaking, uh, it should function as designed. Uh, the two bigger issues are voter suppression in general, which we have seen take place, especially in some red states and red districts, mm -hmm. uh, with the laws that have been passed to uh, uh, have that desired outcome, which is very unfortunate. And then the third area that we have to be worried about is social media and the ability of, uh, of trolls and bots being funded and managed by uh, uh, foreign adversaries. Uh, that is a concern, and it's clearly a bigger concern with what we've seen just in the last couple of weeks with this president, uh, again, embracing uh, foreign interference and, and not doing his job as a president to stop it. What do you and your colleagues in the House feel when you see that a patriot like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman or um, Marie Yovanovitch, when they, when they are practically perp-walked or harassed and, and eliminated, and even Vindman's brother, just by virtue of being his brother, was also taken out of service. These are people who are patriots and heroes in every way, and a man who had bone spurs and calls Studio 54 his Vietnam eliminates them. I mean, how, how are we supposed to create civil servants how are we supposed to vaunt the, the beauty of taking care of one another? Uh, Lisa, it's heartbreaking and, and it makes me angry. Uh, and it's not just with those individuals. Let's go back to the gold star mother and father oh gosh, who were yes. denigrated by this president. Right. John Cain, a war hero, John a Republican, Cain, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who uh, one of the great individuals our country has ever had at its service. So this is nothing new for this president. And I sat in on virtually all of the depositions during the impeachment process. And to see these um, uh, federal uh, service officers come in and hear their background, hear their apolitical positions. Yes, 100%. And, 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 and simply tell the story that they, they were a part of. Because uh, without they were a political agenda. Because they were subpoenaed. Right. And meanwhile, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham won't let other people yeah. honor subpoenas. How is that legal? Well, well and, and Lisa, I, I want to go back to a point you raised because I think it's really important. These Foreign Service officers who are truly the lifeblood of our diplomacy abroad, what this president has done is going to have a chilling effect on future generations considering this as a career. Mm -hmm. And this is what we need to make sure that the United States is safe, secure, and has allies that are willing to support us. And the irreparable damage this president has done will take a long time to fix. I, I know that I tend to be emotional and get very worked up. I really respect how calm and judicious you are, Congressman, but how long will it take to restore our values and our democracy and our statesmanship? Even, let's say, through a miracle, we get a Democratic president. 
it's not going to happen overnight that we will be able to restore our reputation and the offices that have been depleted. It's not going to happen overnight, but to me, the concern really comes down to whether Trump is elected another four years. And uh, if it's another four years, then I really do find the damage could be permanent. And uh, that should concern all of us. Another example of that is the EPA. Uh, much of what President Trump has tried to do in the EPA uh, has been met with lawsuits galore, especially here in California. And I'm so proud of uh, um, uh, Attorney General Becerra in taking on the Trump administration. But if Trump would happen to get elected another four years, many of those suits we're going to lose. And he's going to be able to impact the environment in ways that should scare all of us. And I always wonder, to what end? So you dismantled the Justice Department, you dismantled our security, you dismantled State Department, you dismantled democracy. What, 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 what do you think these people want? What is Mitch McConnell going to be described as in history books? Well, I'm hopeful it hasn't been dismantled. I'm, I'm hopeful that we have poor leadership that is having uh, uh, poor consequences due to it. And the question is how long can we sustain that type of a situation before uh, there's irreversible damage? Um, I believe that the vast majority of federal employees in these institutions are there for the right reason and we need to rescue them soon by getting good leadership, ethical leadership back in place. If we do that, I think we're gonna be okay. But like I said, if we get another four years of this president, uh, God help us all. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. On a lighter note, in Washington, are there restaurants that are now really red restaurants and blue restaurants? <laughs> Cafe Milano, can anyone go there? Or is it really, you know, it's Democrat from nine till 11 and, it, and Republicans before that? I, I'm sure there are restaurants that do cater more red or blue, uh, but it doesn't prevent anybody from, from, from still going to them. Although I have yet to meet a Democrat who wants to have dinner at the Trump Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been there? I refuse to go in it. You know what's so weird is that when Lev Parnas was testifying or was interviewed by Rachel Maddow, it sounds like it's almost, it, it's ground zero. You can't leave. You go there and you start meeting everybody and then in a minute or two, you're smoking cigars with Rudy Giuliani, you know? That, that seems to be the way things work there. Yes. Yeah, crazy. Um, so is it what you expected as a first-term congressman, or are there moments where you think, what did I do? I could be running a business and living here in California. The, the things that, the big thing for me that I did not expect was uh, the level of hypocrisy. And, uh, and, and, and often you see it on both sides, but the, I think we all know for a lot of elected officials that the number one thing that's most important to them is getting reelected. Mm -hmm. And I was naive in thinking that it wasn't as deep and broad as it is. And, uh, and I think that's how a lot of politicians and elected officials convince themselves 
to take positions or not speak up against actions they know are wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's disappointing. Uh, you know, frankly, uh, we need to get back to what our founders wanted, and that is go, serve, and then go back to whatever it was you were doing before. Uh, career politicians is not good for American government. Right, right, right. Okay, well now, you've been so generous with your time, I think it's time to talk about the five things that make your life better. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so number one. Number one is my wife and four kids. So uh, my wife and I have been married almost 30 years. We have four kids who are all in their 20s. We're very, very close. Uh, All of their friends are close. Uh, today, I played touch football on the beach with my, my wife, my four kids, and about four other kids. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, it's moments like that that are the best. That's a great answer. And uh, your four kids are grown, so they live here. Yes, they're all in Southern California. In We're Southern fortunate California. there as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Two in commercial real estate. One is a uh, uh, director screenwriter, and one is a singer-songwriter for Sony. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. Number two. Number two. Number two, um, uh, it, we're not being filmed on TV here, but if we were, you would see my shoes. And what was interesting when oh, we came to Congress cool. was the advice provided repeatedly was have good shoes. And I thought I had good shoes, yeah. but what you don't realize until you are there is that you're going to clock about five to 10 miles a day walking on marble floors and steps, uh, running from committee meetings to uh, votes to and so on. And to- so you want comfortable shoes is what they should say. Right. So uh, I, I like shoes that are kind of a little flashy perhaps, but uh, still comfortable. I've got to describe them to our, our listeners. What you're wearing would be a nice wingtip um, uh, Oxford, but it looks like it's on a very comfortable white platform. So it's kind of a sneaker, kind of a dress shoe. It's exactly. like a cert. It's a, it's a candy mint and a breath mint. Right. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And and it's comfortable. It is comfortable. And have you ever used a pedometer while you or or uh, I do. you do? I follow my steps. And so it's so you get your 10,000 steps in every day. Pretty close to it. Yeah. Some days wow. uh, uh, much much more. Wow. Okay. Number 3. Nespresso and Red Bull. Okay. So <laughs> you're you're a ca- you're caffeinated. I I like uh, in the morning and Usually, uh, usually I'm limited to Nespresso because my wife or kids are around and don't like it when I do drink Red Bull. Uh, but occasionally we'll sneak one in, and I like to have a Red Bull before debates. Could someone tell me what a Red Bull tastes like? Is it Not like good? It's, is it's it like acquired, Hawaiian Punch? No, it's, a, it's an acquired taste. It's more like cough syrup. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, but it does the trick. It does the trick. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like carbonated cough syrup. <laughs> and, but it, but but it works. It yes. just works. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to try that too. Okay, next number four. Uh, iPhone. I am constantly on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, part of that's just managing email and uh, text and phone calls and so on. Uh, but uh, I, I remember I got my MBA when I was doing a roll up of 14 companies. Uh, to create the fourth largest privately uh, owned residential real estate firm in the country while with my wife raising four kids. It was a really hectic time. And you took any moment you had, you were reading. It's very similar now. It's like there is no Mm downtime, whether um, 
you are walking or, uh, or, or sitting in a car or anything, you are on your handheld reading what's going on, what did President Trump just tweet in the last two minutes that's yeah. uh, absurd or whatever the case may be. Right. So love my iPhone too much. Hey, what happens if you don't, what would happen if America didn't pay attention to his tweets? Would he stop tweeting? I don't think he would, uh, because unfortunately, our entire uh, foreign policy is based on his tweets. And, Isn't that the and craziest thing? It is. It is. Yes. It's shocking. If somebody did a sci-fi movie about it, you'd say, no, come on. No yeah. president could be that. Well, I think we're living through the Manchurian candidate yeah, in real time. It does feel that way. It mm -hmm. does feel that way. Okay, and number five? Uh, five, and, and, and last but not least, uh, uh, things that make my life easier fall into the category of uh, delivering food. So whether it's uh, DoorDash, Grubhub, <laughs> Uber Eats, Caviar, Postmates, uh, I think I literally have every one of those apps Seamless. and use them all. Yeah. So in other words, congressmen, they're just like us. Yes, exactly. Well, it's so great to <laughs> meet you. Really you. Thank it. you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And good luck for your reelection. Thank you. My thanks to Congressman Harley Ruda of the 45th District in California. He is up for reelection, as every congressperson is all the time. I appreciate the time that he was able to give us. And now, my five things that made this week better. Number one, the play, My Name is Lucy Barton, a very fine adaptation of Elizabeth Strout's book. It stars Laura Linney and Laura Linney. Uh, it's in New York. I recommend it if you can see it. Number two, democracy. Remember democracy? It feels so good when it works. And when it doesn't, we feel that collective ache. You can read more about my thoughts on democracy on my website at lisabernbach.com. Number three, I cite Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. I still am moved by what a hero he was and is. Number four, Harvey Weinstein's sentence. I don't know if he's capable of feeling guilty, but he will be going to jail, thank goodness. If you remember, Lucia Evans, one of his victims, was on our podcast weeks ago. I'm hoping this feels like a good day to her. Obviously, nothing can take away the damage he did. But in the end, Harvey, if you treat people miserably, you may face karma. And no one fell for your prop walker. That's absurd. Number five, my friend Heidi, one of the best most positive and joyful friends I have who's gotten hit with a bevy of crises all at once. I want her to hear me say on this show that she's strong, smart, and she will pull through. I know it, and I want her to feel as proud of her as I feel of her. And that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my crew. This week, our engineer was Jordan Meltzer at Studio 11 in Santa Monica. My team is Michael Ports, Bressa Rucci, Boko Haft, Sam Haft. And stay warm or cool and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers. <laughs>